Yeah, so this, oh my god. What the hell episode is this? Six. Six? Man, I thought we'd peter out after three. No. Episode six. Talkbots. Talkbots. Beep boop, beep boop. <laughs> Today's, or this week's, or this episode, Times. this time. Today on Talkbots. Social We just media. talked about that we weren't talking about it. Huh? We just talked about that we weren't talking about it, and that we would do the fucking random episode. We're doing the rando after all? I said oh, yeah, rando right. first blood. See, this is what happens when you... What are you fucking are drugs? It is the... I, I'm, I'm going to stand by my assertion that I am in a post-COVID fog. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And Adam, you know what I'm talking about because you were telling me... Well, I gave it to you. You were in a post-COVID fog. <laughs> I actually, am. Actually, I don't think you did. I don't think you did. I can almost promise you I did. Yeah, I'm not sure. You know why? No, I don't. Because I was experiencing a very unique symptom that is only, as far as I know, related to COVID, back between the Christmas New Year's break that I had from work. Loss of taste. Yeah, osmia, yeah. And then like that was like the only symptom I had for a while. Sure. With the odd, you know cough and runny nose but like I had a cough and runny nose all winter bloody long so I didn't really think anything of it but the taste kind of had me nervous yeah and then all of a sudden what two weeks ago middle of the week I just started feeling really shitty and then I went home and had 102 fever overnight and then felt shitty for the next three days progressively getting better each day but I had to stay home for five days and isolate before HR would let me come back. Sure. And then I tested negative on a rapid test, and that kind of helped me get back into the office. Right. But I don't think it really proved anything. Because what I've been hearing is that um, unless your viral load is really high, you're not going to test positive on the rapid test anyway. Nope. Whether you have it or not. Nope. So I probably had a rather mild version of it, and now it's done. Well, they say after the five days, the reason why it's five days now of isolation is that once, if you're vaccinated, the viral load diminishes very quickly. Yes. So, but if you were to get a PCR test Mm -hmm. today, it would be positive. Oh, you figure? That's according to nurses and doctors that I spoke to, because I was all over this because of how sick my mom is. Right. Like, it, that has been the fear for the last two years. Right. Um, Don't with her comorbidity, yeah. yeah, if she gets it, she's dead. Right. And um, so when it got into the house, we were like, okay, I need some real answers, not... Facebook not, answers. Or even, like, Uncle CTV answers. Yeah, or, answers, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, I need yeah. something out of a doctor's Definitive, mouth, right? Yeah. And... And unfortunately, I found is that those message are incons- messages are inconsistent as well, which ultimately just leads you to the point of, like, they don't fucking know. That's what one doctor was just... The question I asked oh, the doctor was, now that we've had it, can we get it again? And she's like, oh, yeah, you can definitely get it again. But because you've got antibodies in your system... For now, you're probably pretty well protected against getting it That's what she in said. the next week or two. That's or what she said. Five. You're probably okay. Yeah. But we don't know. Right. 
So that's ultimately what it is. So anyway, PCR test, yeah, you would probably test positive, and you could test positive for months. Mm-hmm. For months you could test. Hmm. So you may not, but uh, chances are. Because it'll detect will. it even if you have a small amount of virus yep. left in your body. Yep. Right. Yeah, because they go dig it. And it doesn't your just brain. go away like overnight. Mm-hmm. Nope. It just keeps dropping off until it's finally Not done with. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever, however long that is. Too. Right. So, so, yeah. So, yeah. I, so, <clears throat> I've had this conversation a thousand times in the last three weeks trying to find patient zero. And ultimately, it just doesn't matter. Like, it really doesn't matter. You gave it to me. I gave it to you. I gave it to a kid. Kids gave it to me. Like, who knows? You just don't know. No. And, and it really trend, doesn't matter anyway. It doesn't. It doesn't. I was having this conversation today about is there a stigma involved with having COVID? Like, do people think you're gross, weird, because you get it? Because a lot of people get it, like like come down with the mm-hmm. virus. Mm-hmm. But lots and lots of people don't. Right. So do they think you're a fucking leper? And there's a little bit of it. Yeah? Is <laughs> there's that a little bit experience? of leper. Yeah, a little bit. Not a whole bunch. Um, but there is certainly a little bit. My close circle, my neighborhood has been extraordinarily reasonable about the whole COVID culture. Okay. The, the whole reality of COVID. Um, and, and it's mostly because they're educated people. <laughs> they're reasonable people. They don't want to get sick if they don't have to. Um, because, you know, in many cases, their job depends on them staying healthy. Um, and um, they want to be able to see their relatives and stuff like that. And uh, there's a variety of different stories, like my next door neighbor, he uh, has like half of a lung missing already. He's been diagnosed with COPD. He's got polyps growing in his airways and they're interfering with his ability to breathe. And so like, I mean, if he was to get COVID, he could die. Right. There's just no getting around it. Sure. Um, So of course they're being like, uber paranoid about you know don't you guys don't do breathe any, on me yeah like do don't don't do anything to put us at risk and so when i found out that my other next door neighbor in the other direction got sick uh which was right after a, a party that we attended at their place i thought oh shit here we go but then you know i didn't really experience anything except for the loss of the loss of taste of sweet which, by the way, if you're going to lose any taste in your mouth, sweet is not the one to lose. No. Because it makes everything that is sweet taste like shit. Because it yeah. tastes everything but the thing it's supposed to taste like. Right. And it's still not back yet. It's sl- I can sense it's slowly returning, but it's, it's not back yet. So when I found out he was sick, I thought, okay, so there's a pretty good chance I'm going to get it now. And, oh, look, there goes my taste. So it's obvious that I did get it. Uh, But, oh, look, I'm not really suffering any other major symptoms of it. So I wonder if this is going to be the worst of it. And then you and I got sick at roughly the same time, just a few weeks later. So in my mind, maybe it was just trying to fight the immune system and finally got the upper hand. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. And I got my booster shot. Believe it or not, the weekend before I got sick. Oh, yeah. 
first. Which, of course, I did, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, getting back to the neighborhood. So the neighborhood's been really good. Everybody's been keeping everybody abreast of, hey, by the way, my kids just got diagnosed, so stay away. We don't know if we have it yet, but, you know, play it safe, yada, yada. And yeah, like, I mean, there's been no stigma, or at least no one's come out and admitted that anybody feels anybody any differently about anyone who's had it. Sure. Um, but I think that has a lot to do with the fact that everybody's acting like adults and doing what they need to do. I certainly don't feel differently about someone who gets sick. The only, of course, thing that I have a problem with is, you know, just people who won't do what they need to do to give themselves at least one layer of protection. On the topic of COVID, I really wanted to get some additional opinions on what's really going on in the world with regards to COVID. And I randomly stumbled across this doctor based in the UK. His name is John Campbell. The soup guy? No. Um, He's a retired uh, medical worker. And um, he decided he wanted to speak on YouTube to the world because he felt that the messages that were getting out to the public were too biased, too influenced by politics. So like, you know, even the health representatives of the government, they're not going to really tell you what they really think. They're only going to tell you what their government wants them to tell, wants them to tell you. Mm-hmm. And they're going to keep the rest of what they feel or know to themselves. Um, he also is, it wasn't really a fan of how the press were handling it either because he found that the press were going out of their way to not talk about the things they should be talking about and instead, you know, sensationalizing certain stories or the political side of the pandemic. And he said, I want to be the voice of reason who is only going to present you with facts and not, not facts that the governments of the world are presenting facts from papers that have been submitted by the people who are researching this virus in real time. And uh, the things he was saying were just fascinating and blew my mind because they went, in, in a lot of cases, they totally flew in the face of what we have being told by other people. And uh, yeah, he was one of the first people to say... Um, or the first, he was one of the first people I ever heard utter the words endemic, which he said it's just a matter of time before uh, COVID becomes an endemic as opposed to a pandemic. Uh, the, the mutation to the Omicron variant is definitely moving things along in that Very direction. rapidly. Yep. And um, he said it doesn't, he said the thing you're going to have to understand about Omicron is that it's going to spread like wildfire and it's going to make a lot more people sick. But because there's less testing going on, you won't know that there's that many people that are sick until you start hearing more and more people that you know getting sick. And then you'll put two and two together. Yeah, it'll be anecdotal. It'll be anecdotal. Yeah. Uh, He said, but the good news is because uh, Omicron is uh, recognized by anyone that's got any previous experience with COVID and or a vaccine that is being kept up to date, including the boosters, he said it it will be less severe for the majority of the population 
That doesn't mean you won't get really sick. It just means you won't get as sick as you would have under normal circumstances unless you happen to be one of those immune-compromised people that um, would not do well with any variant of COVID, in which case you're just a, as at risk as you always were. Uh, and that's, that's the danger. There's going to be a lot more people that are sick, and it's going to make it harder for the people who shouldn't get sick right. from getting sick, right. unless everybody behaves mm -hmm. and doesn't go visit those people. And then he said something last week, I think, that really, I thought, boy, I bet you if I said this to people, they're going to go, that's not true. Uh, because what he said was, based on the current evidence, which could change next week, based on the current evidence, there is nothing that would suggest that a person who just got sick with the virus would be any more protected by another shot. Now, would that be still true in three weeks' time? Not necessarily. But based on the evidence that they were seeing worldwide, um, having just had the virus is about as much protection as you need, for now, from getting it again. But how long that protection would last is debatable. It could be a week, it could be three, it could be five. Yep. I don't know. It's been a ride. Yeah, I don't know. So far. Yeah, I don't like all of that shit. I don't know. I, I like. <clears throat> I'm so tired of having an opinion about it because, like, it doesn't. It doesn't even fucking matter. No. Like, it's just. It's so. It's just everywhere. It's just. The problem is with what opinions it is, is they tend to be static, and the situation sure. isn't static. It's definitely not static. It's it as, is. It's very as dynamic, dynamic as anything yeah. we've ever experienced before. Yeah. If not maybe, the most. Yeah, maybe more than anything we've right. ever experienced before. And I decided a long time ago, a year and a half ago, maybe longer, is that I was going to stop watching the news. Mm -hmm. I was going to stop consuming the media in regards to COVID because mm -hmm. it didn't matter. Either I was going to get it right. or I wasn't. Right. And it creates anxiety. It was a huge amount of anxiety. Yeah. Like real. Like it was because that's really all affecting they freaking talked about. Yeah, well, day and understandably, after day after day, and understandably, it was. It was the most important thing, potentially of our lifetime. Right. Right. So, but you either got it after the first go round, you know, like, like you either understood how big of a deal it was, mm -hmm. or you pretended like it wasn't. Right. And you know, bombarding yourself with more daily repetition of the message only hurt isn't going to change anything only your fear of just well yeah shit. only your fear period well and here's what happened and and thankfully no one will know what neighbor i'm talking about because i'm kind of semi-anonymizing who this might be but someone in the neighborhood mm -hmm. <laughs> where i live <laughs> has a an actual diagnosed problem with anxiety for which they take medication. Mm -hmm. They started getting into a rage about people who were being dumb about the pandemic mm -hmm. in whatever way they chose to be dumb about it or uninformed about it or stubborn about it or however you want to label it to the point where they had to go back to their doctor and go, I can't stop thinking about this. It's driving me crazy. 
that there's these people out there mm -hmm. that are doing what they're doing. And so they had to had their dosage up for their anxiety medication doubled mm -hmm. just to get by day to day. But they were feeding the flames by watching the news every day. Are you telling a story about me? Because no, that's exactly what happened to me. I am on, I am diagnosed with anxiety. I am on drugs. I had to double my dose. Seriously? Mm, to get by, yeah. Wow. Like, now, granted, there have been... Now, I'm going to say this, like I've said this to everybody else in my life when I tell these stories, is that everybody's been through a fucking gong show for the last two years. Oh, yeah. I'm not special. No. But all problems are relative. Yeah. And I went through some pretty gnarly medical shit, like outside of fucking COVID and mm -hmm. all that stuff. Mm -hmm. We had people dying, like... Like, we had some pretty bad shit happen, and anxiety was just ramping and ramping and ramping. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I am absolutely on anxiety drugs. Mm. I did have to double my dose because I wasn't, I wasn't getting through. I was falling apart. It didn't come out as rage towards the people who are being obtuse about all of this. Mm -hmm. That hasn't subsided regardless of how much drugs. Like, those people are fucking retarded. So... <laughs> It's, but it was manifesting in very <laughs> harmful ways right? Um, that needed to be addressed. So I'm sure that's where it friggin' started. So the fact that I know two people suffering this problem, yeah. it's, it's obviously, it has to be a more a very common thing that's oh, happening. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure anti-anxiety drugs prescriptions have gone through the roof. I bet. Yeah, absolutely. I, I bet. Yeah. So, yeah, then I got it. And I've been so worried for the last two years. Like, I know we talked about how I, how I got it. Yeah. But I was so worried for the last two years of getting it. Being, I've got three core mor morbidities, excluding being overweight. Mm -hmm. I have type 1 diabetes, mm -hmm. I have asthma, and I have celiac disease. Mm. And I'm fat. Like... The, that's who it killed. <laughs> that's who it killed, yeah. right? And then I've got my mom, who has got COPD, and it was, it was granted, fear mongered assumption that she gets it, she dies. So our diligence was through the roof. Then, then we got it, and it was just like, okay, here we go. Let's like, let's see what's gonna happen, and uh, it, it sucked. But everybody fared very well, thankfully. Mm -hmm. But which has did, been really nice. Did everyone in your house get it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Your daughter got it. Your our wife. My wife. Your wife yeah. got it. Mm -hmm. And my mom got it. Yeah. And then she my did mom, end up getting it. Oh yeah. She and got it. How did she handle it? Very well, because because of her, she's got stage four COPD, so she's on prednisone always mm. so the th working theory is uh, by her doctor and I had I had thought the same thing is is that because she's on it all the time that it 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 kind of saved her now it's a total guess by her doctor even but that's what she told her the other uh, the other day it's like it might mm -hmm. have been your prednisone that because she fared she had less symptoms than I did granted I 
it maybe she got a lower viral load. Uh-uh. She was... No? Nah. Hmm? Nah, she lives with us. She right. lives with my daughter. My daughter was the one that brought it into the house. Okay. And, and she takes care of her. You know, hugs her, kisses her. Right. Like, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So... Interesting. But she fared really well. Like, very well. Better than anybody else in the house. Other than her health issues, mm-hmm. is she a relatively healthy person? Like, does she eat well? Is she gone? No. Oh, really? Nope. She can't even nope. credit that. Nope. That's, that's why my brain went to prednisone, and I'm sure that's why her doctor went to it, is you, you're not supposed only... to be on prednisone for very long. It's right. a horrible steroid right. that just destroys your body. Right. But, like, you're not, you can't get your vaccine if you're on prednisone. Is that right? Yeah, I. To be fair, I don't know why, but you can't. They don't want you on it. Anyway, so it turned out that uh, after getting it, and now that we've all had it, it's now a known quantity, and it's amazing how much better I feel mentally, because it's just oh, okay. That's what it was. That's what it's like. And uh, it'll be interesting when they finally have the resources. Uh, to do some serious um, long-term historical studies of this virus and and what it was actually capable of and why some people fared well with it and others Mm -hmm. not so much. Because there's some questions that I have in my mind about it and whether any of that affected my experiences with both not getting it for the longest time and then suddenly getting it and which one did I get? Did I get the last gasps of Delta or did I get one of the first variants of Omicron? Who knows? But um, I got diagnosed, well, not diagnosed, but I've, I have exhibited signs of a hyperactive immune system because I get these little like rashes that appear on my leg or on my arm. And when the doctor sees it, he, he goes, "Oh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna give you a, a cream with steroids in it, and right. it's gonna it's gonna make it go away. It's just your immune system going, you know, right. going crazy and, and attacking stuff that it shouldn't." And I thought, well, okay, <laughs> I wonder what having a hyperactive immune system does when you catch a virus like COVID. May you know, is that why I got a fever? The night that I started feeling fluish for the first day, the first half day, like the morning I felt fine, the afternoon I started getting tired, then I noticed the fluey, achy feeling in my body and yeah. just wanting to go home and go to bed. Mm-hmm. Took the rest of the afternoon off after telling my boss that I was not feeling that great. And he said, well, you know you're going home for five days, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I, I kind of figured that that's what's going to happen. And he goes, yeah, you got to call HR and tell them what's going on. But, you know, like call them in the morning. And then I got home and I had supper. And then I, I said, I have to go to bed. And I took out the thermometer and I measured because I felt like really shitty. And I, I had a fever of 102. And I was like, oh, that fast, eh? And then the next day, the fever was gone. Yeah. Which is usually a signal that your immune system has got to, got got yeah, it's like, gotcha. Now, now it's just giving it noogies, you know, mm-hmm. until it finally gives in. Right. Um, which, that's, that's, a, that's a medical diagnosis, by the way, people. Right. Given the virus noogies. Right. Until it finally says, uncle, that's what's really going on in your body. Um, 
And then, yeah, the rest of the time it was just nothing but cough, runny nose. Uh, really bad at first, and then progressively getting better with each passing day. The other thing I'm very curious about, and I wish they would find out whether this actually is the case, when COVID first started spreading, and we had to make sure that every goddamn surface in the world was being sterilized mm -hmm. with, you know, stuff, yep. were we coming into contact with a lot of now dead virus? And did that contact with dead virus from all these surfaces getting cleaned give us any kind of herd immunity against the first, the first variant or the, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I'm wondering if, if that has any impact on it because uh, not necessarily the vaccine that they're giving us now because the vaccine they're giving us now isn't like a typical vaccine. They're not injecting us with dead versions of the virus. Nope. They're injecting us with DNA, RNA right. to program our cells right. to make shit, right. to make our immune system go, hey, you yeah. don't belong here. Yeah. Yeah. In preparation for an actual <clears throat> infection, which is the first time they've ever um, administered that kind of a vaccine. In fact, it's thanks to COVID that mRNA vaccines finally saw the light of day. Yeah, they've been around for a They've been quite around a for time. a long time. They just never got approved because no one would ever say, nah, we don't need that shit. Go away with your new fangled yeah. Oshkosh Bagosh vaccine there. Now they're treating some dude with HIV with it. I read that today. Is that right? Yeah, and cancer patients. Yeah. Wow. They're like, all right, here we go. We've been waiting a fucking long time for this shit. So. Here we go. There may be a silver lining through oh, all of this. There always is. Yeah. There always is. There's only 900,000 people dead in the States. There's got to be a silver lining to that. There fucking better be. Yeah, no kidding. 900,000. 900, Oof. That's a lot. It is. So basically one in 300 people almost died from it in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So far. So far. Yeah. It's not over yet. Especially with the way they're trying to get back to normal even faster than we are. Yeah. Well, lots of places never stopped. Florida never stopped. No. And then you got places like Sweden, who I don't know if you heard about this, but they basically said, we're not going to put any measures in place. We're just going to tell you, here's what you need to do. Just, mm -hmm. just do it. Yeah. We're not going to close anything. We're not going to stop people from going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And... Um, their their stats have been no worse than anywhere else. Right. But then, you know, Nordic countries tend to be... They're very different. ...more mature societies anyway. They're more compassionate, I think, to their neighbor. Yes. Is what oh, it is. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Denmark this week said that they are now... It's no longer a threat at all in their country. Is that right? Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the UK are down significantly... Uh, the UK and South Africa were actually uh, the two countries that recovered from this wave the fastest. Well, they started it. Well, that's just it. Makes sense. That's yeah. the first for it to yeah. go down. Yeah. Whereas there are some countries that are just on the upswing now. Yeah. But anyway. What else is on your list? Oh, my book. Let's right. talk a little bit about my book. I haven't read it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not getting, allowed to have I'm, a copy yet. I'm getting Adam a hard copy. I ordered some author copies, and I'll give him one. Uh, I mean, sell him one. Yeah. At a 
special discounted rate for my friends. Yeah, no, I took the plunge and uh, wrote a book. Um, what precipitated that was I, I did a six-month tour in Alert many years ago while I was in the military. Alert is at the top of Ellesmere Island. Um, find yourself a globe or a map and look that shit up because um, this is so far north that um, in the winter, well, come October 15th, the sun goes below the horizon and doesn't come up again until March 1st. So being there in the wintertime is probably the worst time to go because uh, there are there's a many-month stretch where you'd never see the sun. So if you uh, suffer from seasonal affective disorder, it's going to be a sucky time. Lots of people are walking around with those stupid fucking hats on, with the lights on. <laughs> not, not really, because back then, that thing hadn't even been diagnosed yet. Right, of course. It wasn't even a thing. But anyway... Um, I found that whenever I told stories about what it was like up there and all the shenanigans that we would get up to, uh, people were really fascinated by the story. So I finally had enough and said, I need to write a book about this. So I did. Self-published on Amazon, uh, available both as an ebook and a made-to-order paper uh, softcover. And the title is The, the Fox, the Wolf, and the Zoo. And um, it's doing okay. It's uh, sold a few copies amongst my friends and other people I know that have been to Alert that wanted to reminisce, and it's getting good feedback. And um, I even had some stranger out of nowhere contact me from the U.S. and say, hey, are you the author of this book? And I'm like, yep. And he goes, I'm about to buy it. I hope it's really good because I'm totally interested in the place, and it's somewhere that I would love to go, but I can't. Because Alert isn't just somewhere you can hop a flight to and just say, Hi, I'm here to visit for a few weeks. <laughs> so if you're interested in uh, reading a, a um, chronological story of what it's like to spend six months basically at the top of the world, it's a good, easy, fun, fast read. It's only 50-some pages, and it's, uh, it's compressed writing. So it's an even it's easy uh, it's an even easy book to hold in your hand. So yeah, cool. Look well, for it. Good on for you. Amazon. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, man, that's really exciting. It is. Yeah, I look forward to reading it. Even though over the last twenty years, I probably fucking heard all the stories over and over. No, God. I don't think you've heard all of them. Probably, God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and I quit Spotify. Oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah. So here's the thing. I know I was going on and on about how I'm glad Spotify's a thing now. But of course, you know, I mean, they're not the only game in town. And I've always kind of kept that in the back of my mind. Because I don't even remember why I chose Spotify over the others. Maybe I did explain it in one of our previous episodes. But I think it had to do with the fact that they seemed to have their act together with regards to if they saw what music you are into, they did a pretty good job of showing you what other music you might be into as well. Not right. to say that they're the only service that did that, but they anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, when some of my favorite artists... Uh, and many other artists started jumping ship because of the whole Joe Rogan thing. I had to kind of reevaluate the scenario, the situation. And when I found out that uh, Apple Music was offering three months free, 
And then the price that they would be charging me per month from then on would be actually less than what I'm paying now. I thought, hmm, well, Spotify, see you later. So I'm now slowly migrating all of my favorite music, favorite songs over to Apple Music. I That's think. fucking tedious. It is. It is. I'm about one-third the way through my 2,500 songs that I had added to my Spotify library. Right. There's got to be a fucking app. I'm sure, get I'm sure there is. Some dude on GitHub's written something to do exactly yeah, that, I'm sure. Yeah, but it, you know what, though? It also gave me an opportunity to kind of revisit all of the stuff that I had been collecting and sort of, you know, give it a, a once-over and decide, yeah, I'm not keeping you around, sorry. Because as much as I did like listening to you on my regular rotation six months ago or two years ago, I'm not that into you anymore. So, sayonara for now. Yep. And make some room for some new stuff. And we'll see what Apple Music is like when it comes to making suggestions. It's funny. For new music. I was talking to you about that the other day and about the features, the comparison between the features of Spotify. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've, like I've mentioned before, always been Apple Music. Mm-hmm. For, again, yeah. no particular reason uh, other than convenience, really, ultimately. Mm-hmm. I iPhone. Mm-hmm. Just, what the fuck, why not? Yeah. And uh, and Spotify is never, I don't know. It like There was always the, the thing that you talk about, how, how it would find music for you and... Uh, that you might like and stuff like that. And that shit never really appealed to me very much. Right. It just wasn't... I like to find the music myself. Yeah. Anyway, I then just started to use Apple Music as as I use Apple Music, and I didn't really stray very far from how I use it, which is search for a song or an album, add it to my huge-ass list, and call it a day. But I... I wouldn't be surprised if it does exactly that as well. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, why wouldn't it? Right. Like, that's why people use Spotify, so why wouldn't Apple Music do the same thing? Right. Yeah, so... And, you know, yeah. I'll let you know. Yeah, right. Once I get all my existing... And listen to it all. ...favorite music transferred over. One thing I'm looking forward to finding out is whether this annoying anomaly that I experience when I listen to my music in the car is a Spotify thing or whether it's a Bluetooth thing because if it disappears now that I'm going to be listening to all my music streamed from Apple Music if the if the symptom disappears then wow then my dis, my respect for Spotify will go to an all-time low but what was what's been happening is that when I start my car it automatically starts playing the music on my phone and because it's connected to Bluetooth, and that's the mode that I'm in normally when I start the car. The thing is, is that most of the time it starts on its own, but not always. Sometimes it just the car goes. Do you want to connect to Blue? You want to connect to your last Bluetooth device? And I'll just be like, Yeah. And then it'll do it, and then it won't play any music. It'll just be like in pause mode. And then I'll try to unpause it using the car's controls, and it'll just be like, what? And I'll have to actually go on the phone and force 
Spotify to start playing some music already. I think it's an iPhone problem. You think so? Yeah, I have the same shit. Oh, yeah? It's, it's very similar. Right. Not exactly, but very similar. So we'll see whether that goes away now that I've switched to a different app Yeah. to play the music. I hope it does, because then it's one less anno- technical annoyance that I have to... Sure. Because, you know, it's so much work to have to pull your phone out of your pocket while you're driving. Yeah. Find the play button on the screen. Yeah, it's hard work. Yeah. While let's, you're let's driving. Let's get fucking mad at the fact that your fucking phone is using laser beams to talk to your car to play music. Fucking stupid thing. Yeah. Hate it. Technology. Idiot. <laughs> Gotta wait another 30 seconds to listen to my music. Jesus. What's Christ. that about? <laughs> We've become so spoiled, eh? Yeah, it's pretty nice. Our expectations have just reached an all-time low, or high, high I guess, depending yeah. on how you look at it, yeah. Yeah. About stuff. All things. In all things, yeah. My boss, I went to talk to my boss this, or this morning, and he goes, you see my new phone? I'm like, show me the damn phone. He went and he went and bought, he is the boss of the department, so he can pretty much buy whatever the hell he wants. But he bought the new Z Fold by Samsung. Oh, yeah. Okay, so folks, you probably have a phone with one screen. Like, on the one side of your phone. And you probably have a really nice camera on the back. And an okay camera on the front, in case you want to, you know... Influence. Take pictures of yourself while you're looking at the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretend you're an influencer. Uh, this phone when it's closed up, has a screen on the top. Mm-hmm. And then when you open it up, there's a giant folded screen on the inside of the phone. Right. And then on the back of the phone is the big professional camera. But there's a regular camera on the inside folded double screen and on the front top outer screen. So if all you're doing is regular phone stuff, you keep the thing closed up and you just use the little the, the top screen and you use it like a phone or, you know, when the thing you're looking at doesn't require a giant page to look at. Widescreen. Yeah, you don't require <laughs> widescreen. You use the regular screen on the top of the, the phone. And then when you want to, like, you know, remote into your uh, Linux box or whatever, you just open it up and, and do the big screen thing. Hmm. And it, and it and it littered. Like I looked at it, and it's like a f- I couldn't believe that I was actually seeing a folded OLED screen for the That's first time neat, in my right. life. Right. And I was just like, you know, five years from now, we're going to look back on that moment and go, that was lame. Right. Because we're going to have the thing wrapped around our wrist or something. Yeah. Or you know, stapled to the inside of our prescription glasses or something. <laughs> it's gonna be. Yeah, it's pretty neat. We're gonna look at it and go, "You carried that giant fucking brick of a phone around just so that you could get this big ass screen? What a loser!" <laughs> like how we look back on the first generation cell phones that, like the big bricks. Oh or my god! Those yeah, are beautiful. God, are they big? My stepdad had one of those. Is that right, eh? Yeah, he did. He did. It was stupid. I never I, knew anyone was... that had the brick phone. Mm-hmm. My first experience with a self with a, with a mobile phone was government diplomat, high high you know 
the, the, the brass mm-hmm. of government departments started getting issued these briefcase phones. Oh, yeah. Remember those? Yeah. Only from TV or And the only reason spies. I ever saw one is because I was a technologist, and our trade was one of the trades that was supposed to learn how to fix them. Right. So, you know, one day there was a, like, a general or something came through with his briefcase phone, and he was like, Hey, boys, you think you could take a look at my briefcase phone? And we're just like, ooh, check this out. And all it could do was make phone calls. Yeah. That's it. No chat, no text, no fucking Siri, none of that shit. That that wasn't even a twinkle in anybody's eye at that point. In <laughs> fact, the guy who invented Siri was probably not even fucking bored yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he might not have been. <laughs> <laughs> And then the first cell phone. Here, let me stick this liter-sized milk carton thing up side of my face so I could talk to somebody. Which definitely gave you brain cancer. Like, seriously? Yeah. That one totally did. <laughs> Without a doubt. Yeah, man. You well just stick your head in the microwave and call it a day. <laughs> All right, Adam, your turn. What are you ruminating about lately that isn't COVID or... Nazis? Nazis or <laughs> truckers that uh, truckers think they're going to save us while killing our economy at the same time. <laughs> How racist our country is. You know the funniest slogan Fuck. I heard huh? that somebody made up about the truckers? Hmm. The Flu Trucks Clan. Oh man, that's a good one. That's a good one. I like that. I love that one. The other one was the Canada Goose uh, Society because yeah. they're just honking and Squawking and shitting all over the, everything and attacking anybody that comes near them. Attacking anybody that comes near them. That was another good. I don't movie. even know what to say. <laughs> like I don't even know. Like I don't even know what to say about it. Like I've I got so you don't much. Have to. You don't have to. Yeah. There's really nothing to say. Unreal. My favorite part. The only thing I'm going to say is my yeah. favorite part that these truck drivers yeah. are all pissed off about this mandate as they drive across the country mm-hmm. wearing their seatbelts. Right. Fuck them. They've are they like. You've already given in to... Like, you got to wear pants to go to the mall, shit right. your brains. That's right. Fuck off. That's right. Jesus Christ. Anyway. Yeah. Rabble, 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 rabble. Yeah, rabble. enough about that. <laughs> Anything uh, you looking forward to this year that you're expecting to happen? Hey, are you into the Olympics at all? Not these ones. No, eh? No, because it's just, I don't think that they should be happening. I don't think it's appropriate. I don't, right. like, it's not that exciting. It's... And it's fucking China. Right. And, you know, they have concentration camps. Like, fuck, no. Yeah. Not I that excited. I, the thing, <laughs> I'm going I've, to, I've already, <coughs> I've already decided I'm going to succumb to watching <coughs> some skating. of the games. No, because I like watching, well, the hockey for sure. I'm looking forward to watching the, the American uh, women, or the Canadian women dominate the American women. In hockey, at least one could hope that that's what's going to happen. It's going to be extraordinarily interesting to see what happens when you field a men's hockey team with no NHL players. And it's really going to be interesting because they pulled all of their uh, roster from either the best of the juniors, who couldn't even finish playing their tournament because of COVID, Mm -hmm. which is ironic to the extreme, uh, and then they pulled a bunch of NHL caliber players from other leagues around right. the world, over in Europe. 
Um, so that'll be interesting, especially since everyone's on the same level playing field. Yeah, it's the most appropriate level of hockey. It's the way the hockey was played in the Olympics before the NHL got involved. Right. And that was, don't get me wrong, that was fun. It was. But it sort of ran its course. Yeah. And let's have, like, true, like, Canada won. And they won, and they won, and they right. won, and they won, and yeah. they won, and they won. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Maybe they shouldn't win. Let's try something else. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the Winter Olympics. Mm-hmm. I love all of the sports. I love weird shit. Mm-hmm. A weird sports that you don't ever see. I'm not excited by it. Right. Because I got other shit to worry about. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I love watching all of them. Will I end up watching them? I don't know. Probably not, just because we don't. I don't have TV. Well, I guess you can just... Right. CBC streams it all anyway, so I guess whatever. Right. Like, but, but I, your life has evolved to a place where it doesn't occupy the top three things you want to do this week. Definitely. That's definitely true. Um, yeah, there's just... I, I guess there's just other shit. But, like, I joked saying that you would watch figure skating. I fucking love watching figure skating. It's... I, I love it. Those are the most... Incredible athletes. The only thing I actually enjoy about watching figure skating Mm -hmm. is seeing what music they've chosen to dance to. Really? Because the routines, they all all seem like the same to me. You know what I mean? Are they going to do the triple lux? Are they going to make the four-way fucking dagpole, whatever the hell the move is called? They're all trying to build... You know, a, a, number, a number of easy jumps sure. building up to a number of difficult a jumps. Of jumps. Maybe yeah. a jump that no one can normally do and someone finally nails it without slicing, you know, their partner's head open or whatever with the blade, you know, the, yeah, yeah. Their, their, their blade or their skate. <laughs> Turn it into rollerblade, rollerballers, whatever. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's like... I don't I don't get any enjoyment out of that the content of the event but the music it always makes me laugh to see what they choose as the accompanying music that they're going to do their routine to right and whether they actually pull it off right right whether the routine seems to match the music or not right because sometimes they pick really fun songs that, you know, get everybody, like, right into it. Mm-hmm. But that's my only interest in the event at all. Mm-hmm. Do you the feel the music. same way about, like, ski jumping? And because it's all the fucking same, too. Yeah, yeah. And and that's why I rarely ever watch that, those types of events. Bobsled, luge, skeleton. I guess where I'm going with it is that... These are the pinnacle of athletics. The speed skating I'm enamored with. I love the speed skating for some reason. And the... Yeah. And the, and the Whatever and talks the, to you. The, the acrobatic... Um, oh, yeah, yeah. The freestyle? Uh, the freestyle snowboarding and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's something to watch. Because it's always different. I like... See, they that's what I like about the figure skating is that it's all... It's all similar. It's not the same, but it, I, I hear what you're saying is yeah. that it's all similar. Yeah. But the the drama of the fuck up or right. of, right? It's just yeah. because you're all so incredible, like so, so incredible that 
it's just incredible to watch and mm-hmm. just these little tiny mistakes mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. I, it's i think it's really exciting the more similar they are the more exciting it is because it's just this little, little tiny bit separates them right. from each other yeah yeah and i don't pay attention to the judges because god knows there's been a lot of oh, yeah. drama with judges and figure skating it's, over forever so fraud, yeah yeah it, just watching and be like or yay anyway, yeah it's really yeah it is yeah. cool so now you've got me into thinking about the olympics <laughs> so i guess that's what i'll be doing <laughs> well i mean for what it's worth i've got the first canadian women's hockey game being recorded as we speak i didn't even know the olympics it had just started. started yeah well, the opening know. ceremonies were were uh, last <laughs> last night early this morning oh i think i did hear that and the curling has already started even before the opening ceremonies. Did. See, that's exciting. See, curling, all right, all right. Yeah, curling's interesting. Curling's fucking awesome. I can't curling's play it because I can't get my ass that loaded. Uh, you know, curling. you know why? I think what's really funny about curling is that one of the reasons—it's not the only reason—but one of the reasons why I actually got into curling because I wasn't always is because while I was in the military, I actually got to do it. Mm-hmm. Curling became the go-to, let's do a sport that gets us out of normal work. Because they would organize these fun spiels in the military mm-hmm. and, and just go, we're having a fun spiel this Thursday afternoon. You in? Well, of course I'm in. Why would I not be in on an event that takes me away from my work for an afternoon, puts me in an arena that is right outside a door leading to a bar and restaurant where there's good food and drinks to be had. And when you're not, you know, skipping a rock down the the rink, trying to score, you're inside the bar. Drinking. Drinking. Yep. And smoking and whatever else. Right waiting for your next turn and you learn inadvertently learn this sport which i actually made fun of once with a good friend of mine in a series of youtube videos i did just for the fun of it where we were doing an homage to bob and doug mckenzie Mm -hmm. and we were pretending to be like them as an homage to them and we we winged it this one episode it's probably my best creative moment of that decade I had bought a box of Tim Hortons donuts and we proceeded he proceeded to use the box after drawing uh, uh, what do you the, mm-hmm. the button on the back of the box the inside of the box he proceeded to use the donuts that were left in the box to show the world how curling worked there you go. <laughs> 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 but just the visual of him using the donuts on the on the drawn button on the inside of the Tim Hortons box. Oh my god. I thought that was so clever. That is funny. I was under the impression you had like a list of things you wanted to go through, but not really. Oh, okay. Not really. And I mean, like we kinda did talk about all the things that I was hoping we would cover. Oh yeah. Without getting political about it. I think we pulled it off. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And we didn't turn it into this angry rant, which is another thing we promised ourselves we wouldn't do. I uh, can't stop reading. 
So you're still Every, on that, eh? Holy fuck. Yeah. January, I read nine books. I'm just fucking going. And just going. Just giving her. So what are you on I'm now? Reading, I remember I'm the titles books. you mentioned last time you were here. Sure. Uh, what's new now? So I think I was re I had just finished Lonesome Dove. Yes. And then I read all three of the Hunger Game books. Oh, that's new. Oh, yeah. And? Uh, rough. Not yeah, good. Yeah. Not good. No? Oh, no. So in this case, were the movies better than the books? No, no, I didn't see them. Oh, okay. Yeah, no idea. Hmm. Like, yeah, it, they, it wasn't great. The books weren't great. Because? They were just, it was weak. The main character was so <coughs> whiny. She was... Oh, you couldn't sympathize with the main character. No, nobody could. She's awful. Right. She's a 17-year-old girl, which I was really excited by. Like, mm. a main character who's a girl. Yeah. Like, don't see it very often. No. Awesome. Here we go. Right. She whined about boys. She was... Loved talking about fashion. I'm like, what in the fuck is going on? And she just was really weak. She was a weak charactered person, hmm. and it, and she was so supposed to be almost, this super. Almost hoping she would get it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was hoping that she would be off constantly, right? Knowing that she never would be, like it was just so obvious, right? Like, I don't know if it's spoiler alert. Jesus Christ, the books have been yeah. out forever. Yeah. But like knowing that, like right off the get go, like this girl's gonna have some peril, but it's not gonna be. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, it wasn't great. I'm the exact opposite of everybody who rated the books, and I rated the last one the best, um, mostly because it was over. Gonna, I actually hate... I'm going to have to... You're, you're reviewing on Goodreads? Yeah, I am. Okay, i got to try and find your... <laughs> i got to try and find your reviews, because it could be good for a chuckle. Because I hate read the last one. I was like, fuck you guys. I'm yeah. going to read this book. Yeah. I'm Because I, I have to finish it, I guess. Right, right. Like, I don't have to finish it, but I'm going to. And it turned out to be the best one, but it was right. just like, every once in a while, I just stop <clears throat> and take my hands away from the book and just like, shut up. It was rough. Anyway. Yeah. So I read that. I read, I'd never read Of Mice and Men before. I did that. Mm. Um, What's I, that about? You don't know of Mice and Men by Steinbeck? No. Classic. Yeah, I know. Um, it's about. I never read it. Two gentlemen. I wasn't into literature when I was a kid. When right. I was going to school. And the only and to be fair, the only reason why I know it is because of the movie. That's how I know that story. I haven't even seen the movie. Oh, it's fucking. I think in the early nineties, maybe right. late eighties. Anyway, it was probably two thousand four. So give me an Adam synopsis of the story. Two guys. Uh, one gentleman is uh, diminished capacity, if okay. you will. Yeah. And oh, gentle giant. Oh, yeah, yeah. Keep going. And they are just trying to make their way through life. Yeah. And they get a job uh, at a farm, trying to make some money so they can go and live the way they want to live. Right. And. Um, some unfortunate events befall the gentle giant. Right. And things go sideways. Right. It's a beautiful book. Right. And it it's fucking stupid short. It's huh. it's like a it's a long short story. Really good. And then I immediately read East of Eden by Steinbeck afterwards. And which what's is that a classic. About? Holy fuck. That book is about good and evil. 
Okay. The evil, the good or the evil that is inside humans. The book is just about people mm-hmm. and how the debate is, are you born good or are you born bad? If you're born bad, can you be good? Oh, wow. It's it's a mesmerizing Heaven. book. It's, yeah, but it's beautiful. Yeah. Eh? It's a beautiful book. And the characters are well written. Oh, shit, yeah. Empathize with them right away. Yes. You want to see where everything goes and... Oh yeah, yeah, and it, but it's a book about people, so it's slow, right? But it's because they have to really do a good job describing their characters. Yeah, and it's just they're constantly described, mm-hmm. like it doesn't fucking stop, right? And it's beautiful, it's tragic, it's scary, it's sad. How many main characters are in the story? A lot or just a few? Main main. Characters, yeah. there's one. Okay. But <clears throat> the story being told of characters is probably nine people. Hmm. But there's one pillar person. Right. And the people around him. Just out of curiosity, the pillar person starts out bad or good? Good. Or we don't know. Good. Oh, okay. Highly recommend it. It's a classic for a reason. East of Eden. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Highly recommend that book to anybody and everybody. Long? Medium? 600 pages or so. Yeah. Not a short book, but not a big one. I don't know how how I would do withholding the story of the book. Like, I've just been like a sci-fi addict ever since I started books. And I think the reason why science fiction continues to pique my interest is because people, authors still haven't run out of fascinating concepts of what the universe could be like. Sure. You know? It just presents these ideas of possibility that just really capture your imagination as opposed to relying on the characters to capture your imagination. So even if the characters are not well written, at least the environment is fascinating. Right, the setting is fascinating. The, sets, the setting. That's is generally what I found with science fiction. Is <clears throat> yeah. Most usually the characters are really benign. That's right. But it's the setting. You're like, wow, Whoa, fucking spaceships, yeah. dude. Right. Yeah, for sure. Did the Kessel run in twelve parsecs? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever the fuck that means. Right. Uh, I did have a do not finish book. Yeah. Neuromancer. Oh, couldn't finish it. Yeah, I heard I heard that's a rough read. It's a real rough read. Yeah. It was really tough. I had to, like and I got 30% uh, of the way the through. The author is um, Hey Google. Who's the author of the book Neuromancer? Yeah, William Gibson. Yeah, and I've heard that his books are extraordinarily hard to read. Yeah, yeah, I would just find myself totally lost. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. And I'm just, I'm going to push through, push through, and then there'd be some action, and you'd be like, fuck, that was awesome. That was exciting and interesting and progressed the story, but then it would be back to his language, mm-hmm. and I'm like, what the fuck? So I'm, I'm actually, it, it fucked me up, because after reading the Foundation series, mm-hmm. which wasn't necessarily easy, it was a, it was a trudge mm-hmm. through Foundation, mm-hmm. just the way Asimov writes mm-hmm. and, 
he just wants to use big words, so it's like, oh, fuck, okay, I have to look up every seventh word in this book. And then reading Neuromancer, like, I am shying away from science fiction. That's the interesting thing about this adventure that I'm on, is that I'd never, like I've said before, I don't know, I didn't know what kind of books that I like. But it is turning out that I'm liking books about people more than Interesting people. Yeah. Yeah. Just the stories of people. Yeah. Yeah. But then I take a, a break and I read a book. Yesterday, I think I read it. A book called Hatchet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, about some kid uh, surviving in the Canadian wilderness. Oh, wow. Plane crashed and he had to survive. So, does this wrap up the episode? Sure. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for listening, and um, we'll see you next time. Talk box. Talk box. Talk box. Bye. Bye.